Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Testing. Oh, here I am. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Such beautiful, beautiful worship, right? There's no greater name than the name of Jesus. So, hallelujah. I'm excited. Amen. You know, God gave me a message, and I'm looking at all you guys. You're so holy. You're so wonderful. I thought maybe this isn't the message you want me to give, but it's a little bit serious. But I believe it's the message for today. It's the message for this generation. Amen. So what I'm speaking about is revival. What is revival? Do we know what revival is? Revival means making alive again. Those who have been alive but have fallen into what is called cold, dead state. They are Christians and they have life, but they need reviving to bring them back to their first love and the healthy growth of the spiritual life to which conversion was meant to be. Amen? And uh, I don't know where to go. I I never follow my notes. But anyways, uh, you know, God is so real. He's so real, people. Anyway, uh, in contrast to revivals, there's an awakening. And an awakening happens in the larger society, sometimes even outside the church, mostly outside the church. During an awakening, people outside the churches become aware of their need, their need for God, and they start flooding into the kingdom. Can I hear a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They start flooding in. And we, I am praying, I don't know, the Lord led me to start a a prayer group. It's been going for about eight weeks now. And... uh, it's at a church in Port Hope, and God is moving. It's just, I can't even understand it. It's just, it's just amazing. There was four women, and now there's 12. They come out every Friday they don't want to miss. So God is drawing us. He's drawing all of us into that place where we're seeking him. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about what he's doing with these beautiful women. Anyways, uh, my first scripture is Second Chronicles. I think he's got it. Uh, yeah. If my people, so are we his people? If my people who are called by my name, that wonderful name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he will heal our land. They will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. How many know our land needs a healing today? You know, this, when you look at, we don't want to look at the world. We're only looking at Jesus, right? But we know, we know that our land needs a healing. And so that's what we're praying for every week, every week, every week. God, heal your land. We're seeking your face. You said if we would do this, you will do it. So we're believing and we're standing and we're knowing, we're seeing it. Actually, do you know there's revival happening all over the world right now? There's revival in, in uh, London, England. There's revival in Norway. There's revival at the Ashbury. If you, or I always say Ash. It's Ashbury, I think. But anyway, and God's raising up young people. God's raising up all kinds of people. And so revival is now. That's the name of my message. It's now. It's here. You know, it's here. 
Um, so I got saved in the tail end of revival. And I'm just going to say a bit about that. I got saved in that time. And, you know, God's presence was so real. How many know we need the presence, the power of God back in our churches? We need it. And, and I believe God's going to encourage us today. And um, so I got saved, and just a few little things came to my mind to share. I remember we would gather about 30 people in our basement, and, and they would be praying. And I'd go up to get the food, you know, at the end. You know, you have cake and cookies or whatever. And I would come down the stairs, and the faces were turned to heaven. And you could see the glory on their faces. We need the glory. We need the glory on our faces. We need to be different than the world. And, and, and I would sit in the steps, and it was like, there's such a holiness here. I can't go down there till they're done praying. And I would sit in the steps and wait till they were done praying, and then I would go down with the food. So there's a holiness in revival. There's a mighty reverence for God. You know, I remember Travis was four or five, and he'll tell you this. I don't know if he's told you before. But we made him go to bed early, poor little guy, about 7.38. And he would lay in his bedroom upstairs, and we would all be singing and worshiping Jesus downstairs. And he said, I could feel the presence of God come up and come into my room. How many want that? The presence of God. We need his presence. We know a lot in our head, but we need it here. We need his presence. Okay, so, um, oh yeah, okay. And um, we went to, to Brownsville. And we went to the airport. We went everywhere revival is. Anyway, we went there, and we know in Toronto it was the Father's heart, getting to know the Father's heart. But in Brownsville, it was a call to repentance. And it says, if we will humble our heart and repent. And, you know, I, I went in there, and I thought, wow, like there's people waiting from 4 o'clock in the morning to get in the service at night. That's a long. They were sitting in the parking lot with tents. It was unreal. But anyways, we, I went in, and what really, really struck me was there was a, a girl. She was just a young teenager sitting on the floor, and she didn't care who was there. There was people everywhere just crying out to God. And she was sitting there, and she was saying, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me. I don't know what for. But she was saying, God, forgive me, and she was just crying with all of her heart. And then, and then uh, there was a man. He got up. He was an elderly man, and he got up, and he was standing there, and he, he was crying. He's just weeping. And he said, you know... I'm a Christian, and he said, I treated my wife so bad. It was so awful. He said, now I know. Thank God he's changed my heart now, because now I wouldn't have made heaven. That's what he said. That's what he said. This is a serious message today. I hope I don't scare anybody, but anyways. Anyway, it was so powerful to see that. And when you walked into the prayer meeting, you instantly felt, I need to kneel down because I'm in the presence of God. That's what revival is. That's the presence of God. That, how many want that? Oh, boy, a few of us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So anyways, I was reading Revelations and stuff last night. It says we need to come back to our first love, right? I've been praying for, I don't know, 30 years. Lord, because when I got saved, I just cried and cried and cried. His presence was so real. I said, I don't care if I live in a tent. I don't care what happens. I don't want to lose this. You know, and, and his presence was tangible. And uh, I've been praying for years and years. I've told you, right, Marilyn? Years and years. Lord, I want my first love back. About three months ago, I got it. Amen. I got it. 
got it. We need to get it, guys. We need to get it. Say, Lord, give me back my first love. Give me back my first love. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to feel you. You know, he says you come to the garden alone, and you hear his voice. And he leads you, and he guides you, and he talks to you. It's amazing. He, he is amazing. And, and um, so the first sign of revival is a deep, deep hunger. So what I want is to get everybody hungry today. Hungry, hungry, hungry. Hungry for him because he is our life. He is our strength. He is everything we need. So the first sign is hunger. Hunger for the Lord. And it's not just hunger for ourselves. It's hunger to be free and to set others free. You see, we are his own hands and feet he has here on the earth. So we have to get free so we can set others free. Right? And Jesus came to set the captives free and destroy, destroy the works of the devil. The devil's doing all kinds of things today. We can't let him continue, right? Got to destroy the works of the devil. Galatians 1.4. I think you have that one. Jesus gave his life for our sins. We sang that this morning. Gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Thank God we are rescued. We're in the kingdom, right? But we need to rescue others. We need to rescue others. So uh, what he's been showing me is Galatians 5.19. Many of us... Being born again, have walked in the flesh rather than the spirit. Anybody guilty? I'm guilty. Walked in the flesh rather than the spirit. So what are the works of the flesh? They're very clear. Sexual immorality. I should not be in the church, right? Idolatry. Sorcery, which is witchcraft. Hostility. Quarreling. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. I failed there a few times. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I'm glad they ended there. (laughs) Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is a serious message for the church today. It's a very serious message. When we walk in the Spirit, he produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the ones we want to walk in. As believers, we need to have a heart's cry. My heart's cry right now, since I've been working with the women, my heart's cry is for the body of Christ. The body of Christ. We are the only one he can move through. Well, I mean, he can do supernatural stuff, but... He wants to move through us. We're his body. He's the head, and we're the body. So we have to be hearing from the head, you know, and then he's going to direct us. So I'm praying. That's my biggest prayer is for the strengthening of the body of Christ, that healings, miracles need to come back into the church. I'm not saying this in a condemning way. We all miss it sometimes with all those things of the flesh. And that's why we have 1 John where it says we can come to him, confess our sins, and he faithfully cleanses us from all things, right? But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and forgive us, yeah. It is the thing that God is asking us to do. I know he's been talking to me, and I think, I've been a Christian so long, and he's really getting me. Anyway, 
It's our motives. It's our intentions. He's talking to us. And there's things he's asking. And I can't say he's asking you this or he's asking you this because everybody knows in your heart what he's asking you. Everybody knows. You're a believer. You hear him. You know what he's asking you to do. And so he's asking you to do something. And if you continue going in that way, he's patient and he's enduring. But if you want the power of God to flow through you, you want to do what he says. Amen? I don't care if it's relationships you're in or if it's uh, addictions. God is here to set you free. He's here in this place. If it's addiction, say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I don't want this addiction in my life anymore. Only you can set me free. So set me free. I believe today you're here. We have to start believing he's here. He's in us. He's right here. You know, we talk it, but we got to know it. And uh, so what's happened with me is, I don't know, you, you just started telling me things that have to change. And, and he said, listen, you got to believe it, not just say it. It's got to be so deep in your heart. So he wakes me up in the morning and it scares me. He starts telling me all this stuff, you know. And, and, uh, but you know what he's doing for me, he wants to do for each and every one of us. We need to come alive in Christ. We need his power to flow through us. How can we bring healing to people who are dying if we don't have that power flowing through us? Anyways, that's, that's, yeah. So if it's an addiction, a relationship that God doesn't want you to be in, we all have different things God's talking about. In Revelations, it says he searches our heart and our mind and our attitudes and the reason we do things. And you know, the time is short. We know the time is short. How many know that? Just from everything's happening and I don't know how short, hopefully not too short, but anyways, uh, it is short. And he's calling us to be overcomers. We can't overcome if we're walking in the flesh. We have to walk in the spirit. It's time for the church to awake. It's time for us to start saying, God, I put you before everything else. I put you first. Amen. Put you first. And so that we will rise up as the ambassadors God has called us. We are ambassadors from heaven. We have the authority of heaven. And we have to know it. And we have to say, okay, we're here on a mission. We're only here for 70 years. I'm, I'm all running out of time here. Anyways, <laughs> we're here on a mission. We're here to do the works that Jesus began to do. And he said he wants to finish those works through us. And so we've got to come alive unto God, alive unto God. And not just alive unto God, but him alive unto me. And in Revelations, it says uh, to put eye salve on your eyes. So I do that. I say, God, I'm putting eye salve on my eyes. Open my eyes to see who you really are. To see. We don't want to just be a Christian in name. We want to be a Christ follower. We want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, I've done that, and all of a sudden, I'll just be reading, and it just opens. And I go, oh, my goodness, i never seen this. It's so, God is so big. I love the book of Job, and I was reading, I tell Marilyn I love the book of Job. And I'm reading the book of Job, and I'm on my way to church, and he starts showing me things. Do you know in the book of Job, it's so beautiful, that he says, I have set a ransom for you, even if you're right there near the, the very end of death, I have set a ransom for you. If you will grab onto that ransom. And Job grabbed onto that ransom. And he was totally made whole. It's so beautiful. 
God is so beautiful. I can't even explain him. You know that old song, I Come to the Garden Alone? Oh, it's so beautiful. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we open. Say, God, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I may see you, that I may know you, not just with my mind, but with my spirit, that you would be alive and big inside of me. So it says, Ephesians 5, be imitators of God. We have to act like God. You have to act like God. And if he says you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, then act like you are, that you can lay hands on the sick and that they will recover, that you can speak his word boldly. Believe it. You're a believer, right? Believe it. He said you will do greater works than I did. Believe it. Believe it. His presence is here. And the world needs us, church. The world needs us. And so... Um, he says to present our bodies, Romans 12, 1. Present your body as a living sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service. Or worship, it says sometimes. So we are the dwelling place of God. We say, God, I want to be holy as you are holy. Holiness has to come back to the church. Where you do one thing wrong. I, I, as a new Christian, if I did one thing wrong, if I yelled at somebody, I ran in the bedroom and I fell and beat the pillow on my bed. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. He wants us to be holy. Holy. And you know, we can't do it ourselves. So we have to say, God, come. Make me holy. Come, live in me. Reveal yourself to me. And so every morning I say, Lord, I present my body to you. Help me to walk like you want me to walk. Help me to think like you want me to think. Help me to do what you want me to do. Because I gave this myself to you. So now it's no longer I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. Is this too hard, church? Okay. Okay. Holiness has to come back, that's what I said. I'm almost finished. <laughs> you know, um, I found this book. The church we're pastoring right now is, is an, it's 75 years old. Anyways. And they have ancient books in there. <laughs> But anyway, so we're going through them. We're throwing them all out. And I found this one. Anybody ever heard of Lester Summerall? Yes. Just a few people? Okay. I'm reading this book, and it's amazing. He's talking about the pioneers of faith from way back before our time. Because he's just at the end of our time, right? Anyways, it's such a powerful book. I'm going to read a little bit out of it. But uh, before I do... Uh, in Toronto, we were in Toronto, living in Toronto, and I went, we were at a faith church, it was called Faith Church, Faith Fellowship, actually, and we're ordained with the same ministers that we met back then. You know, God has everything planned, and he knows right where we're supposed to be and when we're supposed to be. Anyway, I was there, I could go on too long, and this man came, well, this guy, what's his name now again, Lester Summerall came in. I've heard this man's testimony and his power and his faith. I have great honor for this man. And he came into the Faith Fellowship, and uh, I, th I don't remember if I played the piano or what. I don't remember. But anyway, I watched him come up and walk onto the stage. He, I don't know how old he was, but he was all old and bent over, you know. And he walks up onto the stage, and I thought, I thought to myself, poor old guy, like he's, he's old, right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he came up, and when he said, Father... You could see the power of God come on him. It just came on him. And he stood there. 
and he started speaking, and it was so powerful. It was so powerful. And so these men of faith, they walked. They didn't have it easy. I'm not saying they had it easy. How many want to have it easy? Nobody? Oh, good. Because <laughs> you're probably not going to have it easy. But anyway, they died for their faith. They died for their faith. Okay. But anyway, I, I love this guy, and uh, he's gone. I'm sure he's in heaven now. But I'm just going to read a little bit of what he said, because he was the last faith guy of our generation. Okay, let's see if I can find it. He says, now I believe the greatest spiritual revolution in the history of the world is about to take place. And I'm not sure all Christians will be in on it because it might be too radical. <laughs> it may be too offbeat. Preachers may look dignified. The gifts of the Spirit will function mightily, moving governments and frightening political leaders. God's church will come alive just before Jesus comes. Amen. Amen. And it says, you know, there'll be a lot of different denominations, even faith-filled denominations, who will think it's too crazy. But, you know, I watch some of these revivals online. I'm not going to name them. But it looks crazy. Some of it looks crazy. But people are being set free. People are being set free. In fact, the one in, in uh, London, they're saying schizophrenics are being set free, autism, dementia. Those are major things. And God is setting his church free so that we can bring the power to the next generation. Okay, and he says, I promise you when a new thrust of the spirit comes, I will not criticize it. It will not find fault. I will not find fault with it. I will just receive it and accept it for those in it who need help. I will try to teach them to get on the right track to be with God, what God wants them to be. Someone needs to be there to hold it together, to love the people, to forgive the little things that are not right. And, you know, I see this next generation, and uh, I forget your name again, sorry. Jesse. Jesse and Jonas and all these young people, and they're rising up. God is moving on this generation. He really is. He's moving on this generation. And I was telling our prayer group on, on Friday, I said, listen, these young people, you're saying, yes, we're praying for the young people, but they're going to come up and they're going to do some crazy things. They even may even make some mistakes. We all make mistakes. But we're to stand behind them and say, go, go next generation. Don't let anything stop you. Don't you go for God and everything he tells you and just let him fill you with his spirit to overflowing because God is looking for them to come and he's looking for us to stand behind them, to go with them and to be their mentors and to be their helpers. That's what God is calling us to do. So uh, I don't know if I lost my place. I believe you're on the verge of a spontaneous move of God. No one has a corner on the blessings of God. The only one who can eliminate you from the blessing of God is yourself. Yeah. Your choice. You say, I want to go all the way with you, God, or you could say, ah, I think it's too crazy for me. It's your choice. Amen. So it says, don't expect anyone to follow you. Last week we had a baptism at the little church. We have six people who need to get baptized, but three got baptized last week. And this guy, he, uh, he was, he's just covered with tattoos. And he came into the church with this cane. The cane had snakes and horrible stuff on it. He's a wood carver. And he came into the church with this. And we, looked, we didn't say too much at first. You know, you've got to give him a chance to come in. But anyways, 
And so then Jock says to him, you know, after he says, you know, you, he led him to the Lord. And then he says, you know, you, um, that's your old life. And that's great if you're giving your testimony. You can hold it up and say, this is where I was. But this is where I am. Amen. And so he made a new king. Yes. And uh, so he's ready. He's ready. And, you know, there's such a glow on this guy's face. He's a country singer. Plays in a band. And it's so wonderful to see the glow of Jesus on people's faces. And I can see the glow of Jesus on your faces today. I can see that you're ready. Ready to go forth with the power of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. You're here. And Father, we thank you that this little one stayed asleep. That you're here. Your presence is here. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.